0: my name's anna and i am from friends of the earth's act on climate collective coming to you from the past from last week because we are pre-recording this episode Um, and you you may remember me from last week's dirt radio episode where i interviewed cam walker and aaron moon about um, what work is happening in the space of dealing with dead fossil fuel infrastructure offshore and what unions are doing about that situation when it comes to workers' health and safety. And uh, this week we are staying in union climate land to talk about a new report that Friends of the Earth has launched called Climate Impacts at Work in collaboration with RMIT University and six Victorian unions. Um, The report is the result of this year-long research project, Climate Impacts at Work, that we've undertaken into how the climate to look into how the climate crisis is already affecting people on the ground, specifically in their workplaces around Victoria. So with me to talk about it, I have Professor Lauren Rickards and Dr Todd Denham from RMIT University's Center for Urban Research and they are the two brilliant minds who have brought all the research together into this report. So welcome to you both.
2: Thanks Anna. Thanks Anna.
0: Thanks so much for coming on the show. So just to start with a little context about how this came about, if this is the first time you're hearing about it. Friends of the Earth has a very long history since we started in the 1970s of working in solidarity with the union movement. And that really comes from our deep philosophy of understanding climate crisis and all the environmental crises we face as essentially very connected with the social crises that we also face. Um, And how things like environmental justice and workers' justice are deeply intertwined in the solutions that will be best for everyone. Um, So in the past, what a lot of that has looked like in terms of climate justice work with the union movement uh, has been a strong focus on, of course, the energy transition required to exit fossil fuels and in that the workers in those communities who will be affected by the major economic change of coal, oil and gas production closing down. But for the last few years, Friends of the Earth has also been working on this new emerging frontline of the communities that are actually already facing the intensifying impacts of climate change around Victoria and around the country. And in drilling into that focus, we're hoping to both make the case for a more urgent cutting of emissions, but also to kick off this now really important conversation around adaptation and how climate adaptation into the future works in the way that is most socially just because there are a lot of ways it could go wrong. So in doing this work over the last year, this is why we kicked off the Climate Impacts at Work project to specifically bring unions in more into this conversation about climate adaptation. And basically what it's looked like has been that we brought six Victorian unions on board for the project. The unions are the Rail, Tram and Bus Union, hospo voice, retail and fast food workers union, the health and community services union, the community and public sector union and the Australian services union. So a big diversity of workplaces there to survey their members as to kind of two key questions. One about what the members local knowledge of climate impacts is as to how they're already experiencing climate impacts in the workplace and also to gather their thoughts and ideas on the solutions they want to see from unions, employers, government and industry. So it's given us a really diverse picture of what climate change already looks like on the ground for workers around Victoria, whether that's train drivers out in the regions or health workers on the ground who've been dealing with the intersecting crises of the pandemic and climate change. So I'm going to throw it to Lauren first to ask you what angle you think this report brings to the existing research on how workers are already being affected by climate change.
2: Great. Thanks, Anna. Yeah, well, that's right. There is existing research on this, and that's been a really important inspiration and foundation for what we are doing. Uh, in this work. But we build on it in a couple of ways. So first of all, the existing work focuses very much on what's called direct impacts. So they're like direct, um, usually bodily scale um, uh, experiences of weather related um, stresses and disruptions. And In particular, there's been a lot of focus on heat, uh, which as we know, is both a chronic and an acute aspect of climate change. So um, we you know, look at heat, and, and definitely heat came out as one of the um, most interesting findings in a sense, but we look at a whole range of other hazards, as they're called, including things such as smoke, and we also look past those direct experiences um, to look at uh, other ways in which workers' uh, capacity to do their work and their well-being uh, is being affected, uh, and Todd will be able to um, give more detail about that. The second way that we build on the existing work is that we look beyond a single industry or a single work type, a single sector, which a lot of the existing research does. So by working with the unions, we were given this fantastic um, opportunity to kind of get beyond uh, a kind of um, reductionist approach, if you like, where there's a focus on particular types of work. In particular, it's been a very strong focus on outdoor work for good reason, Um, but what we've been able to do is put aside any sort of pre-existing notions um, of what is exposed and vulnerable to climate change impacts and cast a far wider net, and that's um, elicited some really, really interesting results. And then the third main um, way in which we build on it is when we sort of put those two things together, if you like, and also look at the fact that we're not doing this organisation by organisation, which is another established kind of lens in the research, is we look beyond the workplace per se because we're looking at workers, we're interested in them and their experiences, which involves looking at uh, the ways in which they engage with a whole range of different spaces in the doing of their work and in their in their lives as well and of course we all know that our personal lives and our professional lives are often very intimately intertwined and so what that means is again we bring into view a whole lot of neglected ways in which climate change impact is interfacing uh, with our existing work and what that means is that you know the, the upshot is that the work is far more threatened by climate change uh, than has previously been recognized and that includes, I want to say at the outset here, that includes the very hard work of decarbonisation, the very hard work of mitigation. So in a sense, um, by focusing on this question of work, you know, we are really trying to, I guess, contribute to ways in which we can build the capability to do the hard work um, of addressing climate change and reducing greenhouse gas emissions.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I think it's been such an important point about combining different industries in the research and bringing in even, you know, office workers who have never kind of been the centre of conversations about affected people when it comes to climate. But after the last two years, we all already know who work in offices, what it's like during a heat wave or a flood or extreme weather, even in those situations. So, yeah, thanks so much for that. And before I throw it to Todd, I guess another important point to touch on is, you know, we've called the report climate impacts at work. I think the term climate impact is quite an emergent one in terms of its meaning and how people perceive it. I was wondering if, Lauren, you could quickly just give an explainer of, how we define climate change impacts in this context beyond just the actual weather event, for example.
2: Exactly. Thanks, Anna. Yeah, I think this is a really important point just to, again, um, establish at the outset, which is that for us, you know, when we're talking about climate or climate change impacts, you know, we really are thinking about that you know, impact between two things. And on, on one side of them, you do have those weather and climate-related factors and all the flow and effects. So it might be poor water quality. It might be, a, a, you know, an outbreak of pathogens in our food. It might be a whole range of things. But we have a sort of physical um, stress and um, so stress being the kind of more chronic and then disruptions and, and acute issues there. But it always, the impacts only emerge out of those the intersection with the rest of life, <laughs> with, with the dynamic circumstances that each of us are part of. And so what that means is that when we think about climate change impacts, we have to fully appreciate the complex and dynamic and deeply uneven and unjust uh, ways in which our circumstances are all very different. And it really brings into view a whole range of ways in which we can reduce climate change impacts when we appreciate that all of those existing problems that we know about, that unions are very good at um, helping identify and address, all of those shared things, such as the quality of our infrastructure and systems, all those contribute to whether climate change impacts um, emerge and, and how consequential they are in particular, what they mean. Uh, for our actual society.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for giving that kind of fuller picture of the definition, because I think that has been an important part of bringing unions into it in the ways that they already focus on existing social inequalities that affect us through the work that we do. Continuing along that thread, Todd, I was wondering if you could give us a definition of what we mean in the report when we say that it's a worker-centric analysis in terms of the kind of lens that puts everything through?
1: Well, by by looking at workers, it means it brings into view a whole range of different effects, not just on the workplace. It includes how people get to work, how people's experiences at work and of climate impact not only themselves, but their households and communities and friends and family. And that that these people are part of not only their their direct workplace, but what happens feeds into, I guess broader organisational impact. So there's a it it raises questions for business and employers and organisations. By thinking about workers, it it brings into light questions about what work means for the family and the household and the people that they're associated with, but also their neighbourhoods and communities and regions. So when you start to think about workers as a centre of like three to three kind of communities or, or ways of being in communities, then by understanding how workers are ex- experiencing climate change, how they're affected and how their work and capacity to work is affected, it, it brings together, I guess, a view of the way that climate change is impacting on, in more ways than obviously clear, as Lauren was saying, it's, it's about also about the rest of life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Todd. And for people, for listeners who won't dive into the whole chunky report, could you give us a bit of a snapshot of some of the standout findings from the surveys of members?
1: Yeah, sure. So if we think about the obvious question of how climate change is impacting on workers' health, 75% indicated that, you know, they had some health impact, which might include dizziness or nausea or inability to sleep or sunburn. And, you know, these were impacts that were seen across both indoor and outdoor workers. Of course, outdoor workers had been impacted more than indoor workers, but we, we can't ignore the fact that indoor workers are being affected as well. Almost half of them had also reported um, mental health impacts as a result of climate effects. And they, you know, and a lot of them were related to anxiety and stress and distress and those kind of things in particular. There's also on their work itself, you know, additional work hours and 20% had to do tasks they weren't normally expected to do, to do as a result of climatic events. Um, and I guess more concerningly, although the numbers are smaller, 10% had lost wages or had to take leave to deal with climatic events and 2% had already lost their jobs. Um, so we heard how people were finding it difficult just to get to work because of their, say, underlying health conditions meant that travel was more dangerous during types of weather events, you know, to do with things like asthma. Um,
0: yeah, I think those those ones were particularly worrying in the context of how many jobs have become casualized and more insecure over the last few decades and how much worse climate impacts are making those conditions. And I think the mental health finding was is a really key one to dive into as well, because I suppose because it's not a physical impact necessarily straight up, it can feel a bit less tangible, but then it does manifest in so many ways beyond that in the ways it affects people's lives and their work. Mm. Um, Throwing back to you, Lauren, as we've touched on a little bit, one thing this research has made really clear for us is the ways that people are affected by these climatic impacts at work. Um, has implications for their lives spanning far beyond their work hours. Could you um, give us a bit of a dive into some of the ways that came up in the surveys um, that workers are being affected far beyond their workplaces?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the first thing, I guess the first way to think about this is just spatially, which is to say, you know, everything outside the, you know, for us as university workers, you know, outside the campus, There's a whole range of different places that we engage with. So for some workers, you know, that's part and parcel of their work. So for researchers, you could imagine field sites, but for community health workers, it's often clients' homes. For um, construction workers, it's building sites. So. Um, You know, there's a whole range of different ways in which um, people engage with these different spaces as a part of their work. And so I guess it's just simply to say that they are important too. They're exposed. They bring their own um, particular uh, interactions and challenges when it comes to climate change. The second one are all the public spaces that we need to engage with by virtue of often getting to work. So the whole commuting question really came up quite strongly um, as a challenge and particularly for those with pre-existing health issues. Um, And, of course, it's it's, um, very much reliant on the quality of infrastructure in the first place and the range of um, options, so the redundancy in the system in terms of whether or not you can get to work. Do you have different options or do you rely on your car anyway and only can utilise roads? Uh, And the third one is, like, what happens at home and what happens in those domestic spaces? So some of it's to do with, um, you know, the actual quality of those. So Todd mentioned not being able to sleep well. You know, that's a really key one. For those working from home, remembering that this has been exacerbated and um, the the data expresses uh, the compounding effects of COVID-19 and the related organisational responses to that. So working from home in homes that are poorly cooled, um, you know, for a range of, different reasons um you know that becomes a you know a real really important kind of work issue in terms of people's capacity to function physically function uh, mentally and, and to be able to to do a whole range of work the other thing is i think just um you know really just to emphasize again that it's you know, we are all whole people, we bring our whole selves to work. So even if we are to say what's happening in the workplace, and we're talking, you know, in a really strict, narrow sense of my office, in the, you know, the, the office tower, you know, at the headquarters sort of thing, even then, it's not like the rest of our lives stops. And so I think, you know, kind of one of the terms that really comes to mind when you read across the ways in which people are experiencing this is that idea of mental load, like just this enormous, um kind of complexity that these climate change stresses and disruptions bring and so people are already dealing with a whole lot of stuff no matter where they may be physically located at any one moment in time.
0: Thanks so much for that Lauren yeah I think um it's really it's worrying to see the extent to which the report has already shown uh such a kind of big list of compounding and intersecting impacts people are experiencing when we know that we already have a certain degree of extra warming locked in, which will bring more intensified impacts um, globally. But I suppose now that we have the report out in the world and it has been this first toe in the water when it comes to this kind of research, uh, I wonder if in the last couple of minutes, both of you could share what you think are going to be important next steps going forward and um, maybe some of the report's key recommendations?
1: To me, the key thing is that it highlights that all workers are affected, that the types of workers who are shown to be affected by climate change in this that that haven't been traditionally considered in studies of the impacts of climate change at work, um, people who spend all their time indoors, um, suggests that more research needs to be done that you know everyone is going to be affected by climate change in different ways and their work will be impacted and we need to understand more and continue to do research both on more types of work and also over time to understand how as climate change continues what those impacts are and how they're changing um so i definitely think there's a there's the basis from this report to to show that we need continue continuing research into how climate change is impacting on work.
2: Yeah, for sure. And maybe just to build on that. So in terms of sort of, um, our main recommendations I mean the first one is the very um, obvious but vital point which is that we need to rapidly advance climate change planning and action around this we need to do it in a way that appreciates the far-reaching and pervasive ways in which climate change is affecting workers and the organizations industries households and communities that they are part of in particular in the workplace there's a um, particular need to adapt occupational health and safety standards and practices, and this was something that came through particularly from workers' own recommendations, things such as the um, clash between the need to wear PPE and um, uh, the incredible heat uh, that that can create for people, um, as well as particularly to address work arrangements and conditions um, to improve outcomes for groups that are already um, vulnerable both um, from health perspective but also from more... Um, uh, industrial rights perspectives. You know, we're talking about um, situations where you know already uh, difficult workplaces are made worse by the additional compounding effects of climate change. So all of that like is an absolute call to action, and um, certainly something that we'll be working to help uh, and inform and, and advance. The other thing, I guess, is more broadly just to um, lift awareness <clears throat> and engagement on this. Uh, across, uh, you know, the public more broadly, public policy, uh, the media, and really start to advocate for action around um, adaptation and mitigation. So the sort of conceptual approach we um, have utilised in this report isn't the common one when it comes to climate change adaptation. And, you know, as I mentioned at the start, our understanding that this is about supporting the capacity to do the work of decarbonisation, supporting the capacity to do the work of adaptation, I think really brings this question out of a sort of special interest box into the absolute um, core agenda of what climate change action needs to look like Uh, and then you know as part of that we need to collect more and more data we really need to have a much greater grasp on what's going on what people are experiencing on the ground so that all of our adaptation actions can be informed uh, by real world analysis so that's the the main approach and um, you know we're grateful to working with you anna and friends of the earth Uh, for the ways in which not only have you facilitated this research, um, but you're also um, very focused um, on working out the best ways for us to make this research matter. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about.
0: Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure and such an enriching experience to work with you two at RMIT and the six unions involved on this project For people that want to have a look at the report, either the short or long version, um, you can go to the Friends of the Earth or Act on Climate Vic Facebook pages where you'll find our recent posts sharing both links to the report and a kind of short read article in the conversation about the main findings. And you can also find the full report on the Friends of the Earth Melbourne website in our reports section But I just want to say thank you so much to Todd and Lauren for coming on to talk about this. And I think it's shown that, as you've both said, we really need to continue scaling up this kind of research and inquiry, because if we don't get on the front foot with adaptation, then people will who will drive outcomes that are not going to be good for us as workers when it comes to social justice. So thank you so much for sharing a a snapshot into this really important research we've done. (laughs) A pleasure, Anna.
2: Um, Maybe just one uh, last reflection I'd like to make, which is that um, we do have a particular interest in understanding um, the impacts being experienced by an adaptation options for NGOs um, and activists and those working um, in the environmental movement uh, where there's particular I think climate change sensitivities, um, particular challenges in particular, positive adaptive capacities as well. So hopefully we'll get to um, explore that with you down the track as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, look forward to doing more work with you two on this. I will wrap it up for now, but thanks so much both for coming on.
1: Thanks, Anna. Pleasure. Thank you.